Hi, I'm Joy. And I'm Jono. And today's second Bible reading is taken from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it'll be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learnt from my father I made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Hi everyone, my name's Ali. I'm one of the ministers here at St. Stephen's and I'm going to be preaching for us today. As we have our sermon, it would be great if you could keep your Bible open. But before we begin, I'm going to pray. So uh, please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. We ask that it might shape our thinking and might be the foundation for our life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever longed for and desired a deep relationship? I know that's something I long for, and I particularly remember longing for it just before I started at college. So I started at college a few years ago, and I distinctly remember talking with Cassie, my wife, and saying, I really hope that there's a good group of guys to go through college with. And in God's kindness, that was what we got. There was a great group of guys that I went through college with. Uh, many of you know some of them. So Bryce Wiegand was here as a student at our church for the last two years. And Matt Darum was a student for the two years before that. And they're great guys. And we had a lot of fun going through college together. And we actually did everything together. We studied together. We went class together. We did our exam notes together. In the breaks, we played table tennis together. We ate KFC together for lunch. We even sometimes wore the same clothes together. Because uh, what we did was we got a special jumper made up for our year level. And here's a photo of it. And this is what it looks like. It was a great friendship we had. And it made college a great blessing. And I wonder whether you've ever experienced a great friendship like that. Or you've ever longed for a great friendship like that. A great relationship like that. And I suspect many of us have. Because in a sense, part of being human is to desire relationship. 
And we see lots of the famous books and movies pick up on this idea. Books like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, movies like Star Wars, they pick up on this desire we have for relationship. Because what happens in those books and movies? Well, you've got a group of friends that go through incredible adversity together, but always stay true to each other. See, it's picking up on that desire we have as humans for relationship. And what God wants us to know today is that that desire we have is a good thing. It's a great thing. But he wants us to know that it won't be satisfied in friends or in family or even in spouses. See, what God wants us to know is that the only way we can truly satisfy that longing and desire we have for relationship is with him. And so in John chapter 15, what we see is that we need Jesus far more than we realize, but that Jesus loves us far more than we could have hoped for. And so God wants us to know today how much we need Jesus. And to show us this, to make this point, Jesus uses uh, the most concrete and simple illustration imaginable. He uses the illustration of a vine and its branches. Have a look at verse 1 with me. I am the vine... You are the branches. It's the closest relationship imaginable. It's like a body with its arms and legs. You can't get closer than this. And so uh, that's why Jesus then uses this word remain so much throughout the passage. I don't know if you noticed it while we were uh, listening to the passage before, but the word remain happens nine times in our passage. It's in verse four, verse five, verse six, verse seven, verse nine. This word just comes up again and again, remain, remain, remain. And it's clear when we think about that illustration because a branch has to remain in the vine. That's what happens. And in fact, that's the only way that a branch can flourish. Did you see that in verse four? Have a look at verse four. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. If we want to be fruitful, then we have to remain in the vine. That's why we need Jesus far more than we realize. Because if we want to live how we were made to live, then we have to be in the vine. Because the thing about branches is their whole purpose is fruit. You can't use the wood of a branch for tools. It's too brittle and breaks. You can't use the branches for firewood. They burn too quickly. The only purpose of a branch is to produce fruit. And so if we want to fulfill our purpose, if we want to live as we're made to live, then we have to remain in the vine. And so there's this common uh, saying in Western society to be the best you you can be. If you Google it, you'll come up with all sorts of uh, websites, blog posts, TED Talks, articles, all telling you how you can be the best you possible. But what Jesus says is for us to be the best we can be, we have to remain in the vine. That's the only way we can produce fruit. Now, of course, uh, some people seem to be succeeding by worldly standards away from the vine. They have lots of money, a good job, a good family. But what Jesus says to us is that eventually they will spiritually wither and die. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But at some stage, if we are away from the vine, then we will spiritually wither and die. And we actually see that there in verse 6. Have a look at verse 6. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire 
I'm burned. We all know that's what happens to branches when you uh, remove them off. Now, I'm not a great gardener. In fact, I'm a, quite a terrible gardener. I'm probably the second worst gardener at the church, second only to John. But even I know that that's what happens to branches when you remove them off. In fact, I did this. I, um, I've got a vine outside and I went and got some branches that have been removed off from that vine. And this is what they look like. Uh, this is some of the, the branches. This is what happens to a branch when you remove it from the vine. It withers and dies. It's good for nothing other than to be thrown in the fire and disposed of. And Jesus says, apart from him, that is what will happen for us. Therefore, we need Jesus far more than we realize. And what's the purpose of all of this? Well, it's to honor God, to give glory to God. That is our purpose as branches, as we produce fruit. And so the question then is how do we remain in the vine? Well, in one sense, the good news is the first thing to note is that Jesus first remains in us. God remains in us. And so we heard last week that uh, God sent his Holy Spirit to be with us and to, so that we can know him. And so that's the good news that first of all, God remains in us. But we can't use that as an excuse, an excuse to neglect our relationship with him. And so we have to try and remain in him as well. And so part of that means listening to God speak through his word and responding in prayer. And so that's why Hudson Taylor, a famous missionary to China, any time he was told that a fellow Christian worker had had an affair, do you know what his uh, comment was, what he'd ask? When did he stop his quiet time? It sounds quite simple, but it's so profound for us to cultivate a healthy relationship with the vine. We have to be hearing him speak through his word and responding in prayer, not out of obligation or duty, but out of a deep overflowing love for the vine who sustains us. We need this vine. We need Jesus far more than we realize. But the great news, though, is that we're not like a leech clinging to an unwilling victim. No, no, no. Jesus loves us far more than we could have hoped for. How much does he love us? Well, we see, see it in verse 9. He loves us as much as the Father loves him. Have a look at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. It's such a wonderful picture of love, the love of a father for his child. And as many of you know, I'm about to become a dad. Cassie, my wife, is due on the 28th of July. I can't wait to meet our baby. But even though I haven't met our baby in person yet, I still have such love for that baby. There's nothing I wouldn't do for our baby, no cost I wouldn't take on. And yet, as great as my love is for that baby, God the Father's love for his son Jesus is so much greater. It's an endless love, a love that has existed since before time began. A love that's untainted by sin. It is a perfect love. And the incredible thing we're told here is that Jesus' love for us is the same as that love. Jesus loves us far more than we could have hoped for. And did you see how he showed it? In verse 13, he tells us the greatest act of love someone can do for someone else is to lay down their life for that person, to die for that person. And in fact, that's what Jesus is literally about to do here. 
Later that evening, he's going to get arrested. And then the next day, he's going to die for the sake of his disciples and for the sake of us, the branches on the vine. And now we hear stories about people dying for other people, giving up their lives for other people sometimes. Just a few kilometers down the road is Box Hill Hospital. And at the moment, there's lots of doctors and nurses there fighting against the coronavirus and other diseases. And what they're doing is putting their life on the line for the sake of others. And that's courageous and that's commendable. But what we see here when Jesus died is even greater than that. Because the incredible thing we have here is that this is the infinite God dying for his finite people. This is the creator dying for his creation. This is the vine laying down his life for the branches. It's incredible love. Jesus loves us far more than we could realize. Which means, out of gratitude, we obey. Have a look at verse 10. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. It makes sense to us. If we love someone, then we obey that person. We want to do what pleases that person. Uh, for me, something that's important to Cassie is that I moisturize my skin at night. Now, if it was up to me, then who cares about moisturizer? Don't need to put that on, but I know it's important to Cassie. So every night before I go to bed, I slop on that disgusting face cream. But what does it say about me? And what does it say about my love for Cassie if I just don't do that? Well, probably that I don't actually care about her a huge amount, and probably that I don't love her. If we love people, then our actions will show that. And so, by, uh, by, by, in the same way, if we love Jesus, then we will strive to obey his commands, not out of duty, not out of obligation, but out of the overflow of our hearts, out of the overflow of our love for him. And if we do, do you see what we'll be called? Did you see it in verses 14 and 15? Have a look with me. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. How incredible is that? He doesn't, he calls us friends, not slave, not servant, but friends. And in fact, the word used here is philos, which means a dearly loved one. This isn't just an acquaintance. This is a dearly loved and valued friend. And how mind-blowing to be called a friend of the God of the universe. To be called a friend of the God who made all things. To be called a friend of the God who has existed since before time began. And he chose us. Why? Well, verses 16 and 17, so that we might bear fruit. Now, isn't that interesting? We often think that a healthy prayer life is what leads to us bearing fruit. But here we see the reverse, that it's Jesus who enables us to bear fruit. And then the Father will hear our prayers. See, this is the greatest relationship there is. It's a relationship that we need far more than we realize but it's also a relationship that involves a love far deeper than we could have hoped for. And so the question is, how's your relationship with Jesus going? It's worth reflecting on. Are we a healthy and strong branch filled with the life-giving sap of Jesus? Or 
Are we withering a little bit? Are we failing to produce fruit or not producing much fruit? Feeling distant from the vine? What does your fruit say about your relationship with Jesus? Are you shaped by your relationship with Jesus, bearing much fruit? How do you respond to life circumstances? What do your emotions say? Are you patient when someone at work asks you to explain something simple or when a teacher at school asks you to do something you don't want to do? Or do you snap back at them and respond with harsh words? Do you love those who are unkind and thoughtless to you? Or do you fight fire with fire? Do you take joy out of being able to serve others? Or do you grumble when someone asks for help? Do you apologize and seek out forgiveness when you've wronged someone? Or do you let it slide and hope they'll forget? What, do I, what does the fruit we're bearing say about our relationship with the vine? See, the fruit-bearing power comes from the vine. And so, as branches, we have to remain with Jesus. And we have to remain in the vine to produce fruit that will last. How's the fruit of your relationship with Jesus going? See, at the start of today, we said that relationship is a great desire of humans. It's part of being a human. But as great as my relationships were with the college guys, as good as it was, it's only a mere shadow pointing forward to the ultimate relationship, the relationship we have as branches with the vine. Jesus, Jesus the vine loves us far more than we could have hoped for. And C.S. Lewis says this about Jesus' love, shown in his death. This is what C.S. Lewis says. Christ died for you individually just as much as if you'd been the only man in the world. That's how much Jesus cares about us, that he died individually for each and every one of us if we remain in him. How incredible is that, that the creator of the world would want a relationship with us, his creation. That the eternal and infinite God would want a relationship with us, finite and created beings. That the all-knowing and all-powerful God would want a relationship with us, lowly humans. That the vine would want a relationship with us, the branches. What a mystery it is. But that's the incredible privilege that we have. The privilege of knowing and being known by Jesus. Of loving and being loved by Jesus. So how can we satisfy our deep desire for relationship? Well, it's only in Jesus, the true vine. I'm going to pray and thank God for that. Please pray with me.